You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Hey, Live Different Podcast listeners, are you ready to put into practice the things that you've heard about on this podcast? I'm talking about going out there and getting out of your comfort zone, expanding your network, your worldviews, expanding your horizons, maybe doing things for the first time like practicing yoga, like climbing a volcano, like going surfing, like not doing any of that and actually taking some time for yourself for once. Look, I'm here to tell you about Under 30 Experiences, the travel company for young people for ages 21 to 35, which I'm the co-founder of. I would love to see you someplace awesome in the world. I'm talking about Bali, Indonesia. I'm talking about Peru and Machu Picchu, the rainforest of Costa Rica, the beaches of Nicaragua, snorkeling in Belize with sharks. I'm talking about experiencing the culture of Mexico and Tulum. How about a volcano in Iceland? How about the beautiful green emerald isle of Ireland? Maybe going up to Scotland with us to experience massive waterfalls. Come to Paris. Hang out at the state we have rented. Look, I don't need to sell you on this stuff. The trips are amazing. I'm on my way to France. Then I'm going to Colombia. Later, I will be in Peru and Costa Rica. Come hang out under 30 experiences.com. Peace out. Uh, I mean, the last time I called them, the last time I ordered, I do prank call them. The last uh, time but... you ordered Papa John's, and why do you why do you prank call people at 28 years old? Dude, I've had I've had regular Papa John's pizza within a, within at least with at least two months. Like delicious. Don't let me let me just tell you something, okay? All this all this stuff about health and wellness, everything that everything that that is amazing, feels great, is bad for you. Unprotected sex, trans fat, you know, fucking tanning too long in the sun. All that shit's bad for you, but it feels great. You know, I don't want to be pigeonholed anymore. You know, Daniel DiPiazza, this has been a great 45 seconds to this podcast. I hope the Wi-Fi hangs on. Welcome to the Live Different Podcast. What's what's going on? What's new? What what ails you? I was giving you shit for eating Papa John's, which is terrible. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, according according to who? Me. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you know, you know. Look, here's here's my thing. Um, it depends. It depends on where I'm where I'm at in my life. I'm not really a stress eater, but if I'm training a lot, I feel like there's a little way. I feel like you can't make up for like you know having Papa John's inside of your arteries. But in terms of my body composition, as long as I'm training enough. Doesn't really matter, honestly. It matters, like internally, but in terms of the looks, I'm still running off vanity here. I'm 28. Okay, okay, I hear you on that. So I'm getting back into vanity mode. I'm a, a skinny little man, or I was two weeks ago, and I've done a, a good, a pretty good job of uh, putting some size and, and strength back on. But I went back to the gym, dude. I've been in. Uh, I went to Machu. I went up to Machu Picchu, I think, eight times this summer, including a trip to Bali, oh, including shit. a trip to France, including a trip to Colombia, including a trip to Nicaragua, uh, including two stops in New York. So I've been on the go, so it's uh, a little difficult oh, to keep the fitness, uh, yeah. the fitness level where you need it to be. I mean, I still 
felt really good, right? But while I'm doing that, my focus has to be my immune system. It has to be uh, like a marathon runner. You know, no, I'm not saying I'm eating (laughs) a million carbs during that. I'm actually eating less carbs because I'm not working out hard, but it's got to be all right. Get your uh, fighting jet lag, right? It's got to be. It's got to be a lot of things, but it. But to help to help me stay on my feet. Um, but now I'm back here, and right. And I, I think the same thing. I, I think of it very similar to what you do, except sure as hell not e- eating Papa John's, right? But I'm training more. <laughs> I'm training training more now. Uh, getting back into the into the swing of things. Trying to put on. We've got a fitness trip coming on. There's some freaks of nature. If any freaks of nature or beginner fitness people would like to join us uh, this November with Under 30 Experiences, we have a fitness trip coming up. Uh, check that out on under30experiences.com. But look, I'm trying to get in shape for that. And so, yeah, I hear you like, oh, probably a little too much. This is this is my version of Papa John's, right? Fruit for breakfast, a little too high in sugar. I put two, two bananas and strawberries and blackberries into the into my shake and I had some pineapple like that's that's uncalled for right but I feel yeah it's okay if you're if I'm eating a little bit too much sugar uh, I'm okay with that because I'm I'm training so I understand I got you I got you I mean I'm gonna be eating fruit you might be eating Papa John's but uh tomato tomato right dude it's so funny because like I mean I I totally get it and you know I with Sarah I always joke about the whole Santa Monica mindset, and it's just, I feel like, I feel like it's just, it's so extreme in terms of, uh, in terms of, like, the, I don't know if it's the fear, but, like, the, the, the heavy aversion to, like, bread and carbs and, I mean, all these things that, like, a lot of us grew up eating, and I'm not saying that they're, they're good to be, like, gorging on, and certainly, like, if I have pizza, it's going to be, like, a slice or a few slices of pizza, and I'll be it for, like, two or three months, but, man... I'm not. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you I'm cutting that food group out, man. I mean, we could talk about something else. But I just want to let it be known I'm not cutting that food group out. I love it. I love cheese. I love pasta. I eat cake, and I, I like it. It's good. It's good for your soul, man. What about your soul? You know. I, you yeah. know. I think there's other things to feed your soul if you want to go all chicken soup on me. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I hear you. Um, and I think that balance is very important. I had a, a spoonful of ice cream last night. I'm talking a spoonful, not a scoop. I'm talking about a spoonful to feed my little soul. And uh, no, but, but do you see... Uh, do you look at cognitive function and the foods that you eat? And I understand training and vanity and you're jacked and you want to look huge and you want to look ripped and blah, 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 right? But when I'm making my my huge shake in the morning, which I'm trying to put on size and mass and and, uh, and get some power back that I lost from, from not really lifting very much, right? But I'm also putting turmeric in it. So to increase my, my brain function, I'm also going heavier on the fats and uh, the omega-3s and, you know, I'm, uh, I'm doing things that are, that are good for your brain. Are you, uh, are you, are you following here, Daniel? Because I, I know you're into this stuff. You just might not follow on a day-to-day basis. Is that a safe assumption? No, I mean, I'm a shit talker, but look, I mean, generally speaking, like, yeah, if I have these, like, these foods that we're talking about, like again, it, it's like sparingly. It's over, like, let's say, over a quarter. For instance, with alcohol, I probably drink alcohol three to uh, 
the pizza and cakes and stuff. I still have them throughout the year, but like sparingly, but I want to have them. I really enjoy them. You know, um, my my day-to-day eating is pretty it's pretty standard. Like you know, I, I do fasted, fasted mornings for the most part. So I'm waking up at 445 every morning. This morning I woke up at 431. Um, and then I, I'm not really meditating right now. I'm going straight to, I'm going straight to writing, but typically, uh, I'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll get some black coffee. Um, I may or may not smoke some weed. I don't know. Maybe depending on the day. And then I'll go right to, straight to writing. And I go from writing from about 5 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. during which time I'm not eating, uh, which I find that, like you are like you were saying, too, cognitive function is enhanced. I'm, I'm thinking, and did you comment on Rob Collier's post about this? Yes, about about fasting and intermittent fasting. Yeah, it's something we've we've yeah. covered a handful of times on on the podcast. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a fan currently right now. If I'm trying to gain weight and I'm trying to get stronger, it's just not something that I'm interested in. But for example, today, you know, I like to I don't like to eat right in the morning, right? And I yeah. Yeah. I end up like I have my my coffee, right? And then all of a sudden. Um, next thing you know, I was like, oh shit, I forgot about a call that I was supposed to have at 9 or 10 a.m. And then uh, next thing it's 11 and oh wait, I intermittent fasted this morning. And, right. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. you know, you do, what you, you do what you can in the modern lifestyle. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't suggest it for, for someone who is, I don't know, training a ton. Um, but definitely, it, especially as far as cognitive function goes, I, I really do. I do really like it. Yeah, same. I mean, I think I can usually go the first five hours without eating, and I don't feel bad about it. Um, but you just need to be careful not to push it back too far in the day where, okay, it's 2 p.m. and you haven't eaten yet. It's like, come on. No, I, I agree. Um, there was something I was going to ask you. You started going on and on, and then you started talking about smoking weed. And then, ah, tell me how writing is, is your meditation, right? Because, yes, I get yeah. up in the morning and... 30 to 60 minutes, normally 60. If I wake up early enough, I do my meditation. But talk about how just going right into writing is meditation. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, man. I mean, uh, you know, there are all these things that they said we're supposed to do to live more optimized. You know, living an optimized life is like, it's like that, that's a whole school of thought. It's a, you know, it's the whole Ferris, Asprey, the whole culture. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I like it a lot. I, I love hearing about those ideas, I love living some of those ideas out. But I think part of the problem with optimization is that we we have all these things that we view as musts. So, like, you know, I got to have this routine that should have, like, these keystone habits in it. So I got to have, like, meditation, and I got to fast, and I got to do Wim Hof. I got all these things I'm fucking doing. And then by the time you know it, you have, like, seven to ten must-dos in the morning, and it ends up becoming, for me, something that causes anxiety because I feel like I have to get all these things checked off to have a perfect day. One of those things for me was meditation. And I love meditating, and I got to the point where I was comfortable with it. It was a habit I was doing it every day. But then there was just a natural change in my energy um, just because of some like, crazy shit that's been happening in my life that made me really want to create and gave me a drive to create. And when I wake up in the morning, I don't feel the need or the want to sit in the type of calm. I have a more of a fire, a more of a fire attitude. And I think that, um, you know, you go through different phases and sometimes you're more, sometimes you're cooler, sometimes you're hotter. Right now I'm real hot. So I'd rather just create. And if the, if the point of meditation is to 
be present and mindful, then that's exactly what the writing is doing, especially considering the fact that most days I don't have anything planned to write. I just immediately wake up, you know, get my coffee and start writing stream of consciousness, and then I let the stream of consciousness turn itself into whatever is going to become a published piece because I'm publishing every day as well. So it's meditative for sure, and it goes. It just reminds me that you don't have to do any specific thing, especially that you hear a book, you can do whatever you want, and it can still work. No, I, I completely agree, and it's about finding what works for you. And I get, in the morning, I wake up and I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm not particularly a morning yeah. person, and I certainly need a cup of coffee or two, or two to really get into the, I'm not like, uh, you described your dad one time as how he just wakes up at 4.30 in the morning and all of a sudden he's yeah. just on, yeah. like 100%. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I need a little bit of time, but I'm ready to go, and so, uh, I, I like to meditate in the morning, but I also am like, all right, come on, can we get this over? Can we get this over with? Can we? Can we yeah. do? Because I know that that is a very productive part of my day, and that's why eating breakfast. And I eat a full breakfast. I mean, right now I'm eating four eggs, an avocado, um, so uh, you know, some olives and some fruit in the morning, and that takes a little while to prepare, and a, and a shake, right? I try to make my shakes for the day and put them in the refrigerator, and that takes a lot of time, and that's my peak time for, for production. Uh, so that's really, even this morning, I was thinking like, man, I should, even just doing the dishes in the morning is annoying to me, because I know I could be doing better stuff, but two, three, four o'clock in the afternoon, then I'm, then I'm good. You know what I mean? I don't need to. Oh, yeah. I, I, I need a break. I could do the dishes. I could prepare my food. I could do some stuff. But I was thinking, man, I, I need to get somebody in here who can do my dishes and prepare my food because I, I think that w would be that much more productive in, in the morning. Um, I mean, I have a housekeeper come once a week, but that's not. And also, this is, this is Costa Rican dollars here, so it's a little bit different. You know, this is very common uh, down here. It's not like it would cost hundreds upon hundreds of dollars a week if you did it in like you would have probably in Santa Monica yeah. but um, are you you were getting your food delivered for a while is that right yeah I was getting delivered for a while um, and I you know I think that I'm on the exact same page with you in terms of the peak productivity hours in the morning um, I have a tendency I have a thing where if I see dishes in the sink I cannot walk past them without clearing the whole sink um, and it's very annoying because it causes me to, if I, if I don't go, if I don't go to sleep with all the dishes done, it's going to be extremely hard for me in the morning to walk past that to go right because I feel like that. I feel like it just needs to be fixed. So, so I either make sure it's done the night before, or I have to completely block out of my mind and like go away from that mess to go right because um, I will end up spending. And, and really, the the idea with the morning routine and saving time and putting your energy into the right slots of time is that, like, for me, that's a ticking time clock. When I wake up in the morning, I have about three hours where I'm going to be my absolute best for the day. And after that, I'm pretty much just like a used condom. Like, <laughs> I, did, I did everything I could do. And that's it from, like, 11 o'clock on. Um, so I need to get that all out now. It's really important. And one of those ways I was doing that was, was getting my, my meal delivered. I'm not doing that right now, but it certainly is a good way to, like, get a jump start on your day. Oh, yeah, Papa John's in the morning? That sounds fantastic. <laughs> Man, I have not had Papa John's in, like, at least two and a half months, okay? And I never actually order the pizza for myself. Sarah always orders it, and if she orders it, I'm going to fucking eat it. It's like two drug-ass living with each other, okay? So 
but I don't. But you know what? I'll tell you this. I never actually pick up the phone and say, "Hello, Papa John's, are you there?" Like, it's only when she orders it, and then I'm like, "Please, please, can I have one slice?" You know. Oh. <laughs> okay. So on a on a serious note, you weren't getting Papa John's delivered. You were getting full meals delivered for the week? Like, did they send you 21 mm. meals for the week and, and they were all prepared and you just, what, throw them on the stove and, and warm them? <laughs> hope, hope to God you don't use a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, look, okay, they, so they, first of all, you know, they, they have different meal plans. They can, you can get like anywhere between two and four meals a day, anywhere between three and seven days a week, depending on your needs. Um, and there's a lot of different companies doing this now. And man, I... It's a business I wouldn't want to be in because it sounds like it has a really sounds like it's hard, just because you know food product waste and I like costs are horrible. I bet the margins are not that good, but it's pretty it's a pretty good idea for the consumers. And in LA, there's a, a, a big demand for it, especially with all these fitness freaks. So I had a service. Um, oh man, it's called, called uh, like Fuel Foods. It, it's been it's been a while, um, but. Um, it's pretty good. So the pluses, what I liked about it was that they had, I would say, I would say relatively healthy food, and I'll clarify that in a minute. But relatively healthy food, portioned out well, and some pretty good good meals. Uh, I would say downsides were that, and, and they were generally they're delivered frequently, so twice a week. Um, the downsides are that, like sometimes, for me, I, I go through phases where I like certain foods, and I and I eat those foods a lot. So. Like, for instance, right now I'm in a phase where I really like bison, spinach, guacamole, and, like, a grain of some sort, like either a rice or a quinoa if I'm eating that. And that's, that's just what I'm into eating right now, and I eat it a lot. And so with, with getting, getting, oh, lean meals is coming. Getting lean meals delivered, I couldn't really pick what I wanted because they had a menu for the week, which is, you know, that. And then also, I just got to say, all people handling my food, like, I don't want to be able to... Um, to make my own food, know how it's prepared, and um, and I also want to have a little more respect for animals. Uh, one of my one of my goals over the next three to five years is to start learning how to hunt because I feel like it's important to respect what it is you put in your body. Otherwise, you shouldn't do it. I'm not saying that I don't like meat and I won't continue to eat it. I will, but I just want to be more aware of what it is. So, you know, I I just want to I don't want to I don't want to further remove myself from that process. If anything, I want to get closer to the process of the real animal. Getting delivered is just one step away, you know. No, I mean that's uh, yeah. There's a lot to be said about that and putting yourself in an environment that you, uh, you know, that's that's the most natural environment. And yes, absolutely, you're gonna see what it's like to to kill an animal if you start to hunt, right? Just like if you went out and caught your own fresh fish and, uh, and stocked your, your freezer and, and you decided to cook that, right? Um, but can you, what are you doing, uh, what are you doing as far as ways to get yourself closer to your natural environment, right? Because then you're going to, you're going to realize, right, that you're not visiting a slaughterhouse, right? But that's a totally different way to kill and chop up yeah. your animal, right? But um, which which you kind of address by someone else preparing your food, etc. Um, but yeah, what what else do you do to per, to put yourself towards uh, your your natural environment? It's been something 
I've been really thinking a lot about, especially because I've spent so much time on, on airplanes. Um, and now that I'm back in Costa Rica, mm -hmm. all right, time to get back to, uh, back to my roots in the jungle. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, so Jonathan Mead talks about this a lot. He has uh, um, a website called, um, oh man, I'm fucking blanking on it right now. Um, I'll link to it at the end, but Jonathan Mead has a, has a great outlook on this. And, um, uh, one that I was going to point out was that they have a lot of experiences that you can partake in uh, that are kind of still within the societal structure, but also allow you to get some of that freedom, that wild freedom. And one of those things they have out here in California, which I think they have pretty much around the U.S., is they have turkey farms that you can go to around Thanksgiving, and you actually have to kill your own turkey before you bring it home. Hmm. Um, and that's like that's something that's really scary to me, and I think I want to do that this year because it's like, you know, it's just not, I didn't grow up hunting or killing live animals, and so it's like, it's not something that I'm used to confronting, and uh, I'm going to do that this year, and, you know, that's going to be one step towards respecting the animal a little more, you know? No, that, that's pretty cool, and, and, you know, and people are doing this around around the country, around the, uh, around the globe, starting to grow their own food and um, even things just to make your environment more like, uh, I've, I've said this before, but more like a zoo and less like a factory farm where you are sitting yeah. here uh, with the only goal is production and is output, right? That's, that's how farms are designed. But if you're interested in being uh being part of at least a zoo if not a wild animal you know at least uh at least something that's similar to your natural environment i understand that we all can't live under a tree in the jungle i mean i i get it um but putting putting plants around your around your house or uh you know there's even i i just picked up some stuff by bulletproof uh this this uh, bacteria that you can add is called home biotic and you can actually spray it around your house and instead of cleaning everything like sterile with with Clorox right this uh, this bacteria that you actually go and spray or oh good bacteria that stimulates what your your gut actually needs and what actually needs to be touched by your skin instead of using Purell all the time and just killing everything uh, around uh, this is another yeah. way to to disinfect right you're not disinfecting you're just creating a, a more optimal space for yourself uh, by spraying this stuff around um, and it kills mold and and stuff like that don't quote me on all the all that it does, but um, yeah, I mean, there's that. Those are just a quick couple examples, or, or just uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to get natural sunlight as soon as I wake up to reset my my circadian rhythm. And I used to always think that that was about just about jet lag, but no, it's it's literally telling your body, all right, it's time to get up, it's time to go. Uh, don't sit under this natural light all day or, or unnatural light all day inside, and mm -hmm. that's. Uh, you know, part of that part of that habit, right, that I had with um, with the intermittent fasting was that was just me grinding out until eleven o'clock or twelve noon and just never coming out of the house. And uh, that's not that's not very good for you. And again, uh, never making contact with the ground, never getting rid of these these EMFs, uh, the static charge, this electromagnetic field that were around because of 
all the contact with the Wi-Fi, all the contact with our devices, um, grounding ourselves, walking barefoot. Uh, I try to go to the beach every day. So yeah, I mean, there's a ton of things that you can do. What, 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 did, I mi- what did I miss there? I mean, I think you got most of it. Going to the beach every day, man, that has been, you know, you know again, since I'm kind of, kind of changed modes in my life now and I'm in a more of an aggressive production mode, but uh, for most of the summer, um, I was going to the beach every day in the morning for, you know, for about an hour to 90 minutes and um, for maybe about three, four months in a row. And it was usually in the morning, it was anywhere between 6.30 and 8. And man, there is something magical about going to the beach in the morning every day. I mean, it is really, it's impressive. And especially, uh, on the Pacific rather than the Atlantic, man, those waves are no joke. And you get in that water, and that char- that cold charge just makes you feel all sorts of alive, man. It's crazy. It's powerful, and you realize, man, you're really you're really uh, unintentionally taming yourself uh, the longer you stay inside. No, I I, I completely agree. Although. Uh, my line of latitude on the Pacific Ocean is a yeah, little bit yeah. is a little bit warmer. It tastes like it feels like bath water when you go into it. But um, so yeah, there's no there's no shock. Uh, but going into a river, right? If I go if I drive 10 minutes into, uh, from here into the mountains instead of towards the beach, well then, damn yeah, that's that's a shock. Uh, I went this weekend to this amazing waterfall um, here in Costa Rica and. Uh, went down and just started pouring just monsoon you know it's rainy season down here and um one of the locals was like all right go down to the waterfall uh if you want but spend uh spend about 20 minutes because if it rains this hard for more than that it's just going to start coming it's just going to be mud coming from the mountains straight off this waterfall and this is probably uh I don't know how tall the waterfall was, maybe 50 feet, I think is a good, uh, would be a good guess. And within a half an hour, it just looked like a mudslide coming off of the waterfall. Like just imagine a, a crystal blue, beautiful, clear waterfall. And then all of a sudden it just turned brown, like the brownest water you ever seen just gushing from the from the mountains through this way and you know the the water levels rose and it was actually a danger we weren't in danger but it could have been a dangerous situation um but yeah just going and doing things like that and going into the mountains and uh you know walking barefoot and taking a taking an actual bath under nature's uh nature's shower i mean that's yeah that's and there's so many health benefits with that, um, and they're kind of, well, they're they're a little bit difficult for for me to explain on, under my level of science. But a lot of it is um, about dis- uh, is about discharging that static uh, charge from your body and just reconnecting with uh, again that circadian rhythm um, of the earth because we're the only animals that cr- we create our own environment. I mean, it's so dumb when you think about it we create these fake lights we create these these shelters we never stepped on step on the actual ground i heard some fact about hong kong if you live in hong kong and you live in these massive apartment buildings that are right on top of the subway stations right you don't ever have to touch actual ground in an entire year you don't have to touch it i mean like yeah, it's just insane. It's just insane what we what we do to ourselves, and they they really think that these a lot of people, a lot of really smart people. I've been reading up on this guy 
Dr. Jack Cruz, he's a, 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 neuro, a neurosurgeon, so he cuts people's brains open for a living, but uh, he also knows all the stuff about the physics side of what we're doing in our body, and he talks about how it's not just all food, because food has been my focus for the last two or three years, um, but he's talking about all these environmental factors. It's pretty mind-blowing stuff. That's crazy, man. That, and that, and you know, that just shows how, how much you can learn when you choose to go deep in a certain area of your life. I mean, um, I think a lot of us don't even take the time to study things that might be important to us in our adult lives because we feel like we can get all the information that we need from social media and the television, but it's just not true. No, I, I, I completely agree. I completely agree, and that's, I mean, that's one of the things that we say with under 30 experiences, right, is that um, so much of our information about the world is just through people's secondhand accounts from Facebook and from Instagram, and oh, I know what the, what the uh, pyramids of Egypt look like. I had a buddy who went on Instagram. It's amazing. No, you, you don't actually, you don't actually know yeah. these things, so, or... Yeah. Uh, at least it's a little bit more of this citizen journalism now, and and we're learning. We get to hear other opinions other than just mainstream media, uh, which that's extremely important. But man, we're uh, well, yeah. Go ahead. This this is something that like I'm glad you touched on this. This is something I've been thinking about for a while now, and I'm ready to start talking about it more. The idea that like now in a very tangible way. Thought leadership can be a career. You can say, I want to think thoughts for a living, and I'm going to amass a following of people around those thoughts and in various ways get paid because of that. That's a thing now. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, you know, used to be very hard to do that. It's not as hard anymore. It's still hard, but it's not as hard. No, I mean, those barriers are breaking, breaking down. You can be a, a YouTube celebrity or, or whatever yeah. you want to be. Uh, you don't have to, and, and you don't have to. I know you spoke recently in one of your videos about a thousand raving fans and that theory. And you don't, you don't need. I mean, you have two hundred fifteen thousand Instagram followers, but you really only need a thousand people who love your stuff, and uh, and they'll do anything for you. Totally, man. I mean, you know, I had a I had a pretty interesting realization over the past couple of weeks. Um, so if you guys follow any of my work, uh, you'll know that my grandmother died a few weeks ago, and about uh, about four and a half weeks ago now. And um, it was a really difficult experience for me, and you guys can read about that, and I'll, I'll talk about it more this year, I'm sure. But a lot of interesting things have come as a result of that, especially uh, recently. One of those being that when I wrote about uh, when I wrote about that experience, and I got a lot of feedback. I'm talking about man, I must on social media, on, on Snapchat, Twitter. Not Twitter, on Snapchat, Instagram, and Facebook, I probably got, and I didn't even email this out, I probably got, I don't know, 400 to 500 different people um, just sending me nice words. And, 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 but in a lot of those words, it wasn't just condolences. It was, it was like, you know, they mentioned a specific thing that I'd done or said that helped them. And I kept getting those over and over and over again. And, you know, for the past, for the past few years, um, I have to admit, I've been a little bit, unsure of kind of like where my place is in this whole internet entrepreneur community and, and what I should be doing. And I, I was really unsure if I was being, if I was actually genuinely helping people. And I think 
even more so, I probably did take the idea of uh, writing, you know, and, and really creating great work, writing, and, and even more than fall leadership seriously. I kind of just thought, oh, this is something everyone can do, and what I'm doing here is special. But as I started to get in all these different comments and different remarks from people, you know, in, in, the, in the hundreds, you know, I don't know if it was a thousand, but it was certainly a lot of fucking compliments. Um, it went past pumping up my ego, and it went more to, okay, if 300, 400, 500, 600 people said that you changed their life, maybe you should stop rejecting that idea that what she was important, and maybe you should take it more seriously, because you're obviously having some impact here, because some people are going to kiss your ass, but not hundreds and hundreds of people. It doesn't make sense. So maybe there's something to this, and maybe you should take this really seriously. So from then on, I just started writing every single day really hard, really aggressively with a lot of passion and openness and honesty. I started doing a lot more YouTube videos, taking things more seriously in a way that, in a way that showed that I was really ready to take this to the next level, more so prove it to myself. And, and I think that's, that's the position that you have to take as a thought leader. You have to really understand that the work you do is important, and it's hard to it's hard to to really get to that point if you get stuck in this industry of culture because a lot of people are copying each other just to get the numbers. But the, the following is only one part of the equation. It's actually a very small part. It, it's the part that most people think is important, but it's only the first barrier. The second barrier is after you get people to pay attention to you, can you say something that's real enough to make them know that you're a human? And that's what I've been doing, you know, and, and I, think that it's the, I think it's the key. And I think that also you can get a following faster by being real quicker but just cut the bullshit you know just just cut cut the bs and and stop saying things that are just for marketing and start saying what's really going on and if people like you they like you and if they don't they don't but anyway that's kind of where i'm at no i completely <laughs> I, I completely agree i love it and and the people who were on the fringes who maybe you lost right or or who were just who just followed Rich 20-something because he posted a picture of, I don't know, something flashy, right? That's, those people aren't gonna buy your shit anyway. You know what I mean? Like, there's not much to lose. It's a, you know, it's a follower. It's it's no big deal. What you wanna do is connect with real people. I mean, I think that's that's the key. And especially, especially if you have a product or services to sell or you want to take the relationship to another level. I mean, amassing followers, is that's not the point. That's not the point whatsoever. In fact, if you think that, you're completely missing the point because so much of that is, you know, internet, there's so much of it is internet trolls and, and garbage and fake accounts and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it matters who your, your thousand raving fans are. Is that the name of that... Uh, What's the theory for a thousand raving fans? I'm gonna Google it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty much it. I think who, who went up? That's someone, someone notable made that up. Yeah. Um, Seth Godin talks about it, but uh, a guy named Kevin Kelly yeah. talks about a thousand true oh, fans. Yeah. Wired magazine. Yeah, that was like the the original this is web 2.0 and that was that really defined it and that still you know that was that was cool that was hot for a little while and and Gary Vaynerchuk really pushing that kind of thing uh, but people people really forget that and and lose the point so quickly um, you know that wasn't that long ago no, I mean I mean I think you can you can get what, what I do what I do is I'm trying to make content 
that, um, and that's why I'm doing things like I'm talking a little bit more about weed and things like that because I'm like, that's what I'm actually doing. So it makes it seem more authentic. <laughs> sure. You know, it's sure. what I'm actually doing. Uh, and I mean, like, you know, the people, there are no, there are no, I'm an adult now, so there are no parents that are going to say you can't do that. You know, there, there's no, there's no, I don't know, publishing agency that won't work with me because I say that. There's just, it doesn't, there are no more things I can't do. I mean, obviously, like, we want to stay ethical, but, I mean, other than that, there's nothing I really can't do, and, and I don't have a corporate job, so, and, and I don't know if I need to be able to get one at this point, so I pretty much just do what I need to, what I, what I want to do, um, and, uh, and I think that part of that is, like, as marketers, I know the common thread is always, like, think about how will this look for my brand, like, what's the position, but I started seeing that it's actually a lot of times more advantageous to just say the real thing, even if it isn't the most ideal marketing thing, rather than just the thing that people want to hear because it's great marketing speak. Um, and I've noticed that a lot with guys. Do you follow John Romanello? No, I, I don't know about him, actually. Okay, so I'll, I'll introduce you to him. He's also, I don't know, oh, he's sponsored by On I don't know if he's sponsored by Bulletproof. But, oh, shit. The, the opposing yeah. team. Uh, are they opposing? Well, uh, <laughs> I think they're great in conjunction. Of course, um, of course. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> John's a good guy. So, um, but one thing I admire about him, he has a really big social media following as well. Best New York Times bestselling author, all these fucking followers, blah, blah blah blah. And he will post the most like insane, obscure shit on his on his uh, Facebook wall. That's like that someone else would like clutch their pearls and be like, oh, how could you? type the word masturbating, you know, to 100,000 people or whatever he decides to say. But people are just, like, really taken aback by how real he is. Like, he did a, we, did, we did a podcast together, I think it was, like, episode seven or eight, and, like, we got him on the podcast, and he was so fucking raw. I'm just, like, we were, we were talking, and I was, like, asking the basic questions, like, so, you know, what do we know about you? You know, what, what can you tell us? He's like, I don't want to talk about that. I talk about that on all, all these podcasts. If they want to know about me, they can Google me. What I want to talk about is, like, anime. <laughs> and it seems, it seems like like overbearing, but you also you also see it to understand in context what he's saying. But like anyway, that type of honesty is what gets people now. Everyone can see past the fake bullshit. Everyone knows what a headline is supposed to feel like. But while that stuff still does work, it leaves a bad taste in people's mouth. I think. Dude, I, I completely agree. And while I don't wish to speak about anime on our podcast <laughs> today, I, I, I would want I do want to ask you about self doubt uh, because yeah. you were very open about it, and you well, you just were very open about it um, as you were alluding to. What it's it always kind of shocks me when I hear someone who I really respect and admire, such as yourself who then admits to self-doubt and it's uh yeah it's so interesting like a, a lot of times i think of i think of obama right and you're like does he he must that man just we know presidents just have to toss and turn and they don't have the answers and they know they can't really do shit about it uh and but there it's just yeah it's just so interesting i saw a thing with um i saw a thing with with kevin durant the other day the the NBA player and uh, talking a little bit about self-doubt and what fires him up. And sometimes I think you you think of people as invincible very much. But uh, yeah, man, like I, I never I I didn't think you had any self-doubt. But uh, yeah, can you can you talk a little bit about that? Oh man, I mean, yeah, tons of self-doubt. Like, I, and I guess the thing is, 
self-doubt is always going to be there. It's like a constant companion, but it only sometimes does it stop action. Sometimes when, when self-doubt stops the action, then it's a bad thing. But I think it's always going to be there. And I think that, uh, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, I, I think that for me, um, I think that part of what happens is when you accomplish a bunch of goals that you set out to accomplish and you do them, you do it so quickly that you, that you don't set a new vision for yourself, you can get depressed. So that's what happened with me. 2014, 2015 were like, for me, they were like the whole, like you could have played the, like a Kanye album from back to back the whole year. And that would have been, that would have described a whole year. I was like just crushing the, the universe. Um, and then 2016 came and it just got harder for a bunch of different reasons. And it just like personally, um, uh, business-wise, financially, like it just got harder for a bunch of reasons, you know, and I don't even have to spell them out um, just because everyone goes through the same stuff. Like we all go through the same stuff, no matter what level you're on. It's just like, oh, this is a tough year. I'm having a tough time. And um, and so, you know, when when all that happens and, and you go from like a really, really high point where you're like on 10 all the time and then you go to like a lower point in your life and it's clearly a lower point, um, you your vision shrinks. Your vision shrinks for what you feel like you're, you're able to do. Like, you know, in 14 and 15, I felt like, man, I can conquer the world. Like, I can do anything. Um, you know, I can, I can, you know, anything I have my mind so I can crush it. And then bad stuff starts happening to you, and it's easy to, like, lose your perspective. And so, for a while, I lost my perspective. I lost my vision for what I thought I was capable of, and I got real small-minded. And um, and then, you know, when I got the smaller-minded I got, the, the smaller results I got. And so it was just a negative spiral. And then what snapped me out of it really was, again, my, my grandmother died. It was like the bottom of the spiral. And then I, I shot back up because I realized, like, I mean, if I'm being honest, I feel like I have a lot of her energy in me, the energy that she didn't get to use um, because she kind of just didn't have a chance to. And, um, and so I feel like I, I feel charged with energy and I feel uh, propelled back up to the surface, kind of like I hit the bottom of the floor and then I bounce back up and I'm having this force just pulling me back up. And um, and now I'm having bigger, bigger and bigger dreams. You know, like I, I'm on track to have my second book finished before my first one comes out. Uh, it's gonna, I'll probably be done with that book in December. I'll probably be done before the end of this year. Uh, and that will be ready to, ready to go before the first one even comes out yet because it comes out in April. Um, I'm working on a mixtape right now that's going to be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to produce 250 limited edition copies in vinyl. Uh, I'm writing every day. I'm producing YouTube and dropping them every day. I'm live streaming. Um, I, you know, I've been thinking about where I want to go with my life, and I know that it's like bigger than entrepreneurship now. Entrepreneurship is great, but this is the playground. You know, I don't want to play in this playground for that much longer. You know, not that I won't always have businesses, but, dude, I want to do big shit, like, I want, I want to be a senator or something one day, like big, big shit, like shit that's way above, you know, what we're doing right now. And what we're doing right now is important work, but I want to do like some big shit. So that's the, that's the place my mind is right now. And that all came as a result of having really low crushing self-doubt. And I had to hit the bottom of the barrel on self-doubt in order to bounce back up and think much bigger. Damn, that's, uh, that's awesome. And I, I know you posted that on your, on your Facebook uh, about wanting to become a senator i mean that's that that's really cool and that's inspiring for everybody and and um <clears throat> i guess to to follow up well first of all for anybody who was <laughs> listening and be like maybe you're not familiar with daniel's work or or what the hell is he talking about uh 
<laughs> playing Kanye Kanye tracks back to back to back all through 2004, uh, 14, 2015, etc. Right? I mean, you're talking, and I know that. You won't say this because you're very humble, but uh, I know this is public information. So you're talking about, okay, you took your your following right to uh, just huge numbers across the board, right? You bought Under 30 CEO, the site uh, that you came to us when you started Rich 20-something. You're like, oh, shit, this already exists. It's called Under 30 CEO. And then you just straight up bought the site. Uh, I mean, that yeah. was super impressive. Uh, not to throw all your numbers out there, but I mean, you got a $200,000 book deal, which we've been very public yeah. uh, about. I mean, you have a, amassed a couple hundred thousand Instagram followers. I know that your, your traffic numbers and your list numbers ha- have really gone up. Um, I mean, all these, all these things, right? Like revenue numbers uh, are getting really impressive, right? And so then... How do you, obviously you have this mindset of infinite thinking of like, okay, no limits. I want to continue to the, the next level. And yeah, there are people who have bigger businesses and bigger lists and, and plenty, right? But mm-hmm. how do you, um, who do you look like? Are you reading Steve Jobs and Elon Musk's biography all the time? I'm almost positive you've read both of those this probably this year, right? But what keeps you motivated or how the hell do you just come up with the, you know, you're struggling with, with self-doubt at times, but then you're like, all right, fuck it. I could be a senator if I wanted to be. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, I think that you go through different phases of your life. And, and so, like, the, the version of my life, you know, through 2000 and 2000, 2014 to 15 were like what I consider now, looking back on it retrospectively, the peak of one period of my life, which was like the, the transition out of struggling to like hustling a little bit to really then to really make it happen. Uh, but but the problem with 2014 and 15, while it was really good financially, uh, I was still kind of stuck in. I, I was basically I, I feel the same as you know like maybe a, maybe a newly drafted rookie athlete would feel like I had all these new things and I didn't really know how to handle myself just because I was still thinking in a, in a mentality of like, I can't believe I got away with this. Like I was just like waiting tables. How, what, what am I doing here? Like I'm, I'm traveling to new countries every month and you know, like I'm going to the store instead of buying groceries and going out and buying the bands. Like it was just it was a lot, <laughs> it was a lot, really fast, you know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it was a lot, you know? And so, and so, you know, and so, um, but I was still stuck in a whole mentality. And then I think that kind of that peaked in 2015, 2016, I took the company to another level and I, you know, I hired staff and I hired, you know, and I, and I started really building out and preparing to do bigger things. And that's when shit got real because it wasn't just me hustling. It was like trying to develop an organization, which really made it harder for me. Uh, it's not something I was prepared for as much as I thought I was. And so that was difficult for me. Um, and then, you know, with, with my personal stuff going on, that made it extra difficult. And so then I hit the bottom. And then after a while, though, I realized that through this period of, like, struggle, you know, after having gone so far so quickly, this period of struggle really opened up the, the beginning of a new chapter. So that, that you know, end of 2015 to, like, the beginning of 2016 uh, was, was kind of like the end of, like, my kind of escape from my escape from Atlanta chapter, whatever that was, whatever that's called, you know, basically, you know, I feel like 
I feel like now I'm setting myself up to really live in my 30s. Um, even though I'm only 28 now, 28 and a half, and you know, rich 20 is still a thing, but I'm going to be 30 soon enough, and I feel like I feel like I grew about about five to seven years in about three months, and uh, so I'm going to I still have some mental stretch marks from that. But just some of the things I'm thinking and saying now, I'm like, oh, that's a that's a new way of thinking and saying things. Okay, um, yeah, there's lots of there's lots of new things I'm learning. Dude, esca- escaping Atlanta. Buying a, ba- buying a Benz, you, you, I think you seriously do need a mixtape. I think that is no joke. Yeah, and actually, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, not to mention, I previewed some of your your stuff, and it's it's really good. And uh, if anybody if anybody's thinking, oh, okay, what I thought, oh god, Daniel's gonna rap now. No, there's there's no rap. Sometimes, uh, yeah, it's it's really good. It's really good. I'll leave it at that. I told Sarah that you said I was a mixture of Tupac and Carlton. She said, that's perfect. She said, you nailed it. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad she liked it. I'm glad she liked she, it. She loves you. Let me just tell you, too. Sarah, Sarah loves you, and she doesn't like any of my friends, honestly. She doesn't like any of them. Really? So, yeah, she, I mean, she doesn't dislike them, but she's just neutral. It's like if you see a stray cat on your door, you're like, I don't dislike the cat. It's a stray cat, whatever. That's how she sees all my friends. But she likes you. Wow. Well, tell tell her I said hello, and, and I'm really really yeah. proud of that. That's no, that's important. That's important. In fact, she only likes you and Rob Collier. Those are the only two people she likes. Okay, Rob Collier's a good dude. We're supposed to have him on the <laughs> podcast soon. I can. I she's got good taste. Tell her I said she yeah, has good I taste. Guess. Yeah. I told I told her I was talking to you. She's like, oh, tell Matt Wilson hi. She always be like, what do you think Matt would say about this? What do you think Matt would say about that? If we see a, if we see any white guy who has like <laughs> longer longer than chin length hair, she's like, look, Matt Wilson. I'm like, no, not really, babe. <laughs> just, just a white dude. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> Actually, that looks nothing like Matt, babe, but okay, he has black hair, not Matt Wilson. <laughs> I, guess, I guess all white people look the same also. I, yeah, I think everyone looks the same, honestly. I can't tell anybody apart, no matter what race they are. Jesus. I can't tell you apart. Oh, Get my me? God. So, okay, so back on track at least a little bit. Um, I, <clears throat> what? Where the hell were I? I had a really well-thought-formed question. Um... So we were going through, I don't know what the fuck we were talking about after. Oh, who, last thing with mixtapes. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, who, do you, who do you go to for these new questions, right? Like, like the, the NBA player analogy. You made the league. Well, you can't be consulting your boys uh, yeah. from where you came from anymore. You need new mentors. You need new questions asked. Because th- this is what I'm going through for sure is that all of a sudden I'm like, Oh God! Like I need help in the HR department. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean we're not that big yet, but I have to start thinking about these things. How can we? We uh, I guess I can say we just took our our uh, first. We just took our first um, employee from a competitor. We're all pumped about it, right? And these are like huge. Ooh. Yeah, these are like huge three hundred million dollar companies and we just snagged a really good employee of theirs and we're we're all pumped about it, right? But these are things that's like, okay, this isn't like how do I attract people to my email marketing list? I know a lot of people who I can call for, for those techniques, but don't have as many as like, hey uh, yeah, how do I make better hires and when is a good time to bring on a CFO? And there are a lot more, a lot of questions. And I guess an organization like the Young Entrepreneurs Council that I'm involved with, the YEC, that's a really good 
place where I can use those people's resources. But but in your transition, in your growth, all of a sudden you got to be surrounding yourself with different people, right? Yeah, I mean you're always you know you're always surrounding yourself with different people, and I think that that's that's really important because um, there are things that I mean, for instance, you know now I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking about giving a few of my employees um, uh, like some 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 equity. Uh, just because they're like they're key employees, I think that they're going to be great for the long term, and I want to make sure that works. But I don't have anybody in my family that can be like, hey, you know, um, I was thinking about doing, you know, five uh, percent, you know, with a two and a half percent, you know, increase upon acquisition and a five-year cliff, you know, vested over time. What do you think about that? They'd be like, oh, I don't know. I mean, because I don't have anybody that can help me with that stuff. So I have to ask people like Matt. I have to ask people like Manish. I have to ask people that have been there, you know, before me, and it's. It's like now, now I have to actively look for people that know stuff I don't know, which is a whole other reason why I'm trying to get out more, you know? No, I, I, I totally hear you on that. Are you, are you finding that you're surrounding yourself with a better quality of person, right? Like this is the whole reason that I do, that I do these podcasts. And for the first year of the podcast, it was basically me calling my friends, right, yeah. and, uh, and and the successful ones and, and getting them on, and now I'm starting to get introductions to bigger people, and the, the names are getting bigger and um, and stuff like that, right? So I, I, I am surrounding myself with, with better, more successful, uh, a higher quality of, of person, uh, but what, how, are you, how are you going out about, about reaching out to people like that? Well, couple things. One thing is I I think that over the past few years, I've met more successful people, but I don't think I've necessarily met higher quality people. Mm-hmm. In most instances, anybody who I've caught, who, have, who have truly counted a friend over my entire life, you know, so almost 30 years now, I consider to be high quality. I um, I don't have any friends that are like, I, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a small amount, but with, with very few, with, with very few exceptions, I can't think of any friends that I, that I made 20 years ago that I wouldn't also be uh, perfectly happy to be friends with now because I feel like that's another that's another like entrepreneur fallacy. Once you get up in this entrepreneur circle and you know all your friends have their own little businesses. This guy got an app. This guy has this guy you know sells jets. This guy you know does real estate. This guy does online marketing. We got all these new friends now, and there's all the tendency to think that if you're not an entrepreneur or you're not making bank, you know like you're not you know you're not leveling up in life. You got to really try. Man, fuck that. If you if you if you want to do a regular job, cool. I don't care. I don't care how much money you make, and I don't think you do either, Matt. I'm just saying for anyone else who's out there who's thinking, oh, you know, I want to meet I want to meet better, higher quality people. There's a lot of shithead entrepreneurs out there who are complete shitbags, and they're not good people. They just are good at running businesses. So there, it goes on both ways of the fence. But in terms of meeting other people, man, I, you know what? I'm fucking Daniel DPIs. I don't even have to reach out. I get so many requests to talk to me. I'm not even lying. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I stopped pandering to people. I stopped asking for podcast interviews, asking to go interview with people. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write every day. I'm going to get in Time Magazine. I'm going to get a best-selling book, and they'll come to me. I'm sick I'm sick of pretending like I'm an underdog here because I'm not. I'm sick of people trying to, what, what Drake say, little bro me. I'm not, okay? I'm, I'm a fucking big-ass deal, so they can come to me. Peace. <laughs> Good for you, dude. Good for you. There's that. Uh, there's that self doubt just creeping back into your life. You know, this is why I. Was, this is why I was like, wait a second. How much? How much self doubt could Daniel actually have? But uh, but you've rebounded from that clearly. Yes. 
I told. I mean, I totally have self doubt, but I, I'm not. I'm meeting just enough people. I am. You know, I'm staying at the Barefoot Wine Estate because I'm on, I'm on Snapchat. Okay. Someone someone just hit me up last week and said, Hey, I work at the um, the Hanson Studios on Hollywood. Would you want to come for a private tour? Of course I do. Free date with the girlfriend. People hit me up, buddy. I don't need to chase them down. Come see me, Gary V. Holler. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's. Uh, but you've you've worked hard to get to that yeah. point, and, and you're still. And I know you're you're ranting a little bit now, and and you have that uh, that swagger and that confidence. But you're still humble enough to to hang out with your uh, with your buddies from home or or whomever. You know your longtime friends, etc. Uh, honestly, though, I have really had to lose track of talk about this kind of stuff all the time but I've had to really just put the brakes on a lot of my old friends and it's not because oh you're stuck in this corporate job but I do find a lot less uh, in common with with people as I change and this is just this is not just this is not just have to do with like uh, how much money you're bringing in right this has very little to do with that in fact but the things that you find important to you the way that you live your life um i mean i know you're eating papa john's and i'm on you know like i'm having I'm organic not eating. I, I, like three times a year come on i know um, i know i'm having organic groceries delivered every week oh. but come on no i mean it's it is difficult in that respect i i really struggle with that anyway um and it's it's definitely worth mentioning and there are just so many relationships that i've had to go let go of and it takes me a while because these are people who i used to be really had uh, attachment to people who i looked up to as as big brothers or or best friends or, or family members um and it's it sucks to have to let go but I always think when I when I let go of those those people who are no longer serving me, right? And I don't mean serving like in a, uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean serving like our relationship is no longer uh, a positive one, right? It creates room for for new people to come in your life. I mean, it really does. When you say, "Hey, I'm just gonna write and I'm just gonna grind and I'm not, I'm just gonna shut out the rest of the world," yeah, it sounds like you're 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 putting up barriers. But no, you're actually freeing up space, mental capacity in your life uh, because okay, there's a few text messages that you wanted to get back to, right? This is something we've talked about many times before. I'm so thankful that I was one of them, but there were a lot that you just had to let you just had to let go, you know. Yeah. No, I mean I'm with you, man. And, and look, I'm not a perfect I'm not a perfect uh, friend. I really tried to be. I mean, I had someone this weekend who I wanted to meet up with, but it's a, I have a weird I have a weird like I don't think it's a social anxiety, but I think it's part of it is a is it's a it's a learned and it's a it's a developed social anxiety because of Los Angeles. Um, it's just really, it takes a lot to get me to want to wanna, to want to go places here because, I mean, it's just such a hassle to, to drive and to do anything here, uh, which is a big downfall living here, I, I think, even though there's great stuff. And so because of that, you know, like I'll miss hanging out with friends a lot, you know, um, because I just don't want to even leave the damn house because it's just it's so such a jungle. Um, so I'm not a perfect friend and I don't always get back to people, but I try my best. And then in terms of, you know, look, I know that my rant about uh, not calling people and have them call me is not really helpful to someone who's learning how to network for the first time. It's the worst approach to take. Um, but, but 
I think that, you know, in all, in all, in all realness, like the way to get to the point where people are calling you is just to do amazing work. Uh, there's just, there's just such a shortage of that. I, I had someone in my Snapchat inbox today that said, you know, he's like, hey, um, I wanted to, I want to, like, he's in LA, and he's like, hey, I want to um, hang out with you for the day so I can, you know, like, watch what you do so I can, so I can learn from it. And, you know, what I told him was, that's really nice of you, man, and I appreciate it, but you'd probably be really bored uh, watching me for a day because I don't do, I don't have any, like, mystical advice or, like, something that, that's going to make you see the light. It's going to be boring. You're going to see me wake up in the morning at 5 o'clock and you're going to be right. And you're going to be coming in. Pretty, pretty boring. Um, and so I think that our generation needs to get more comfortable with the idea of boredom and the idea of, of doing things that are like just kind of annoying and pushing through mental strain because you have to have that skill in order to do great work. Uh, you have in any medium, whether and I'm talking, it can be content that you're making, it can be a product, it can be developing, you know, some sort of service, whatever it is, your your craft, whatever. But to do great work, you have to be able to be bored for long periods of time. But that's the only way that you're going to do great work. Now, once you do great work and you keep doing it over and over and over again as much as you possibly can, where the quality level saves up, but the production gets as high as possible, then with those two things running and your ability to stay bored for a long time, you will get attention. People will be like, holy shit, I thought this guy made one thing that was cool, but he keeps making them. This must be something to pay attention to in whatever fields you're in. They will come, okay? Um, and there are certainly hacks you can do and tools and social media you can use to promote it. But the bottom line is doing that thing over and over and over again at a high level of quality. And then you'll get noticed, and then people will come, and they'll knock on your door, and you won't have to network. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Stay bored. Do great work. What's your next book about, dude? Yeah, well, I'm, I am working on it. I'll let you know more, more details. I'm actually, I'm actually pretty excited about both books because they're going to – I don't I don't, I mean, I don't even know, you know what's going to happen with the second book or writing because I haven't even – you know, talk to the publisher about that, so I don't know if I'll go with them, I don't know if I'll self-publish, but the second book is kind of like a sequel to Rich 20 in that it, like, starts off with my thought processes nowadays, which are a little bit more um, patient and a little bit less, like, uh, forceful and hustle-driven and a little bit more um, let's wait and see what happens type of philosophy. So um, it, will be a good, it will be a good adjustment based on how I'm feel, thinking and feeling now. Nice. Can, thanks. Can you talk about your first book at all? Yeah, yeah, the first book is um, it's called Rich 20-something, as you might guess, and uh, it's coming out April 2018, we're, we're guessing, or April 2017, sorry, April 18th, 2017, kind of confusing. Um, and so, yeah, the book pretty much details how I use my brain and a lot of hard work to leave a job that I didn't like um, and start different careers in, in multiple different fields uh, where I started different businesses, and then ended up kind of moving it all online by teaching people how I had broken out. And so it details that. It's really actionable. I like it because it gets step-by-step stuff um, that you can use. And, yeah, so we'll be on bookshelves. We're currently arguing over what the cover should look like right now. So I'll let you know when I know. I hope it's you naked on the front cover. I, I, well, that, that was one of the, one of the comps we threw together. But we're still, you know, we got to wait to hear back. Okay, let me know. Let, let, please let your girlfriend know that that was my vote, if you don't mind. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, no, no. You, you wouldn't be the only one, trust me. I mean, I have a large Facebook community. I, I see, I see. Um, dude, we're, we're coming up on like a, on an hour. You know I love catching up with you in, in whatever regard. Um, 
I wanted to try a little something different just so to make sure because you know we're always talking about some personal stuff and ranting on and on when we start to talk I do want to do like a little rapid fire uh, questions that of course I'll prepare on the spot uh, for you pretty simple but is there anything else you want to get it you want to get into anything else you wanted to talk about while we're uh, while we're chatting no I love this rapid fire thing man. I'm excited about that rapid rapid fire all right um, I want to know, this is, a, uh, this is a good way for you and I to catch up, but also for people to get some, some real value. What's Daniel DiPiazza reading right now? Nothing, because I'm not consuming content. I'm just creating it right now. Ooh. But I read 22 books this year. 22? Okay. We're, uh, we're Elon Musk's and Steve Jobs' biographies, two of them. Uh, I read Steve Jobs but not this year, um, and I have that book. I have the Elon Musk, haven't read it yet. Okay, nice, nice. Uh, what's your training consist of these days? Training consists of, um, I, I went through a period where I wasn't training that much at all, um, either jiu-jitsu or weights, because I was traveling in Florida and I was just feeling like a shithead, piece of shit. Uh, but I'm feeling good again, so I'm, I'm lifting twice a week and jiu-jitsu four to five times. I want to get my lifts back up again. I've probably lost some of my top-end strength, definitely lost some size. But, um, you know, I'll just keep eating hard and lifting it on. I'll be okay. There you go. I was, I was so interested in what you had to say. Uh, I can't think of a, another question. I'm not going to harass you about your, uh, about your diet uh, these days, <laughs> <laughs> about your diet any more than, than I have. Um, what's next, man? Next, uh, well, I mean, in the immediate future, within the next two days, we're doing a launch of a product. And then, you know, I'll have a couple of days to sit back and think about my Senate run in 2040. <laughs> nice. Will, will, you kindly, will you kindly tell people what it is exactly that Rich 20-something does and how they could get involved? Yeah, so Rich 20-something is what I like to call a, um, a bridge educational company. And what that means is that we help people to take skills that they learn at, at one educational institution and apply them to a real-life situation. So that is where we feel like education can really, really drops the ball. You know, you can learn to do anything, but can you apply that knowledge? And so we teach people how to take skills, like anything from graphic design to, you know, personal training to dog walking to interior decorating, whatever you can do. We teach people how to create a business out of that and how to find people who want to pay for your services. We also teach you how to start online businesses, so how to take ideas that you have and turn them into courses or do consulting services online. So we teach you how to take those types of skills and make money with them. And, and as we continue to build up more products, we have products on you know how to get media coverage, all these different types of things to teach you how to take technology you already have and apply it in the real world rather than just learning. And you can check that out at rich20something.com. That's two zero. And we're going to be redoing the website soon, which I'm really excited about. And it's going to make me look even better. And yeah, that's it. Damn, man. Nice new elevator pitch. I haven't heard that one, but that's, uh, yeah, that it makes so much sense. We learn all this nonsense. Yeah. Oh, here's how to be a graphic designer, but then you have, or here's how to be a yoga teacher, right? But there's, there's nothing about how the hell you actually succeed at doing this. It's just how to uh, act. These, yeah, about these things. Uh, rapid fire, what, Dan, what supplements is Daniel DiPiazza taking? Creatine. Uh, Creatine, um, glucosamine for the joints. I'm taking some flax oil too for the heart, uh, and I'm taking some um, some uh, probiotics, and when I can, alpha brain. Oh. I'm not supposed to mention that on this 
No, 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 of course you can. <laughs> of course you can mention Alpha Brain. You're not, you're not going to mention marijuana in there. No, 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 no. Oh, is that a supplement? Oh, I don't know. What, what, what else are you taking here, dude? <laughs> Anything I, else you, you're, I was, you're withholding from? Uh, oh, man. I have to look at my medicine cabinet now. You know, the thing about marijuana, which I can understand why some people might even think it's a performance-enhancing drug, is that it slows down your heart rate. And uh, so I use it a lot before I roll jiu-jitsu. And what it does is it allows me to train without, without getting so tired so quickly because my heart's beating a lot slower. And uh, so I don't... So when you're in fight or flight mode, if you're a little bit, if you have a little bit of like, especially an edible or something you can drink, like a small amount of liquid, so you're not smoking, because it's not really like good for your lungs if you smoke it. But if you're just taking something where you can just ingest it, your heart rate slows down, and as you're fighting, you can see things move a lot more clearly. So that's actually a pretty good supplement. You're right. Um, I'm doing that a lot. So that's something. Wow, that's I've there. I've actually never heard that theory. Is this? And you're in you're in Los Angeles, so you have access to anything that you want legally so is this a, a certain strain that is not going to make you high and get punched in the face and uh so it's you're gonna <laughs> you're just gonna feel maybe the physical effects and not the mental effects yeah and what, what that is is it's a high cbd so cbd and thc are the two like main chemical components um inside of a cannabinoid that uh that create either medicinal or like euphoric psychoactive effects. And CBD, strains of marijuana high in CBD are the ones that are found to have uh, anti-cancer effects, right? So, so CBD is linked with, um, with pain relief, anxiety relief, and, um, and, and relief of physical ailments. And, um, and THC is linked more with the psychoactivity um, and also like the munchies, stuff like that. So you try to smoke things high in CBD, um, and you're not even going to get that high, but you're going to get a lot of the same effects. And one of those effects is you'll get a small amount of buzz, but you'll also your heart rate will get slower, um, and you'll just be a little bit more present and aware because uh, you can't think too far into the future. You're kind of just zoned in. And so there's one strain. It's called Harlequin, which is very mild. I imagine it would be what our parents in the 70s had. It's very, very mild. But it has a nice, like a flowery taste, and it's um, and that it it's just high in CBD, so you're not going to get blazed, but you'll get a nice, nice mellow dimming, right? And then I also have some like some drops that are high CBD, and they're just like they're basically just like little medicine drops, and you put a little bit in some tea, and you get the same effect. It just lasts a little bit longer, it feels a little bit different, but same effect for the most part. And you take that before you roll. And you're basically seeing things at like three quarters speed, and it allows you to to really to really get into it. Damn, I'd love to see a study on uh, how you hit a how you would hit a baseball like that. I'm not sure if it's <laughs> illegal in baseball, but yeah, new new uh, performance enhancers. Interesting. What's, do you know what your resting heart rate is like? My resting heart rate is ridiculously low, and I'm not. I don't yeah, I want to know. I don't want to run. I don't run very often, but shit, I, I like walking to the doctor with a fifty-five beats per minute or oh, something, and man, yeah, and they're like, "Oh, are you a runner? Are you?" A, I'm like, "Not, not particularly. Like, I'm in pretty good shape, but uh, yeah, what, what would my heart rate drop to? Forty or something? Like that? That would worry me a little bit." Yeah, my, my resting heart rate, I'm a little bit out of cardio shape because I've been not training as much for the past few weeks, but typically my resting heart rate is around like 63, um, 63, 64, 
and then when I train, I'll go up into the 90s and possibly 100s. And then when I'm when if I'm like super high, I've I've gotten it as low as like probably as low as you, Matt. Probably like 54. I think is the lowest I've ever seen it. Uh, and I'm using just a Fitbit to track. But um, yeah, that's 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 but that's like I have to be pretty pretty sedated to to have it that low. So 55 at a resting heart rate when you're actually awake is nuts. Wow. Wow. Well, uh, I, yeah, Daniel DiPiazza, congratulations. You're the first person to tell me about using a Fitbit to track your heart rate from smoking weed. Yeah. But yeah. Hey, it, is, yep. it is science. It is, uh, you're, you're doing this with a, a purpose here. So, uh, yeah, I, I, like, I, mean, look, I like what look, you're talking about. I'm taking, I'm taking this shit serious, okay? It's not like I'm not just fucking getting high and not doing anything, okay? I'm producing so much work. I'm getting I'm writing a whole other book. Like this it's not you know, your parents your parents they thought about it wrong. You know? Right. We're getting a lot of work done here. No, <laughs> it's not the it's not the uh breath the breath test for alcohol, you know, when you, yeah, you, know, you yeah. get as fucked up as possible and, and drink as much as you can so you can just blow into a little straw and see how high you, you this is not, see how uh, high you can get your blood alcohol content. This is not the same thing that we're talking about. So thank you for not being a degenerate. Yeah, this is, this is all, this is very uh, uh, conscientious usage. No, for, for sure, for sure. Um, Mr. DiPiazza, rich20something.com, you got anything to leave? Any, any sage words of wisdom for our listeners yeah, here before you, you head out? I have one word for you guys, eight letters. Okay, you ready? I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> this is going to solve all your problems, okay? It's only eight little letters. It starts with a P. The word is patience. Patience is what we're practicing now, okay? Uh, hustle is great, and hustle will get you some things, but patience will help you keep those things. So if you're struggling to figure out what you should do next, the first thing you should do is be patient with yourself because the longer you stress about what your next move should be, the less time you spend actually making that work happen and appear in the world. So have some patience, have faith in yourself, um, and don't, don't be too hard on yourself because it's always tomorrow. Daniel DiPiazza, the sage, has spoken. Peace out, Live Different Podcast. Yo, Live Different Podcast listeners, you know what to do. You love the episode if you listened this far. Go to iTunes. Show us some love. Please, that's all we ask, a little five-star review. Just a little review. That's all we need. Send it to a friend who needs to get their ass in gear. We're trying to do good work here, and we need your help. Hey, you know what? Special offer. Send me an email personally. I will write back. Matt at under30experiences.com. I want to know your feedback, and then I want to meet you in person. Maybe our yoga retreat. Maybe our fitness retreat. Who knows? Check out under30experiences.com. Go do something awesome with your life.